0: You're listening to a Sin podcast. You can listen to this show live by tuning your radio to 90.7 or online at sin.org.au.
1: Welcome back to Represent here on Sin. Joining us today is Sam Hibbins, the Greens member for Paran, who also holds the Transport, Education and LGBTI equality portfolios for the Victorian Greens. Thank you for coming onto the show today, Sam.
2: Thanks so much for Um, having me.
1: Yes, you're welcome. How are you finding the lead up to the election and what are your campaign goals for Paran?
2: Um, well, look, obviously election time is a very, very busy period. Um, we're looking to retain Peran; It's one of uh, the Greens' uh, three uh, seats that we have in the lower house in Victoria. Uh, so obviously hoping to retain uh, all of our seats in the lower house and hopefully pick up a few more, uh, as well as picking up a few more in the upper house as well.
1: Great. Um, we'll pass on to George. I think he has our first question for you today.
2: Yeah, well, just touching
0: on your your campaign and your campaign for re-election. Um, before you came in, Peran was more or less a marginal seat between Labor and Liberal. Um, and the Greens through yourself have kind of forced your way in, there and held on for a few elections now. What what do you think has made the Greens um so electable and yourself so electable? Is it changing like demographics or just a change of attitude in general?
2: I think, well, I always saw PRAN as a very progressive area. And the reason I ran in the first time was because uh, we were this you know wonderful progressive community, but we we're represented literally at every level of government by conservative liberal uh, governments and conservative liberal uh, members. Uh, and so when I ran for PRAN for the first time in 2014, we run like a really big people powered campaign. And so uh, we had hundreds of volunteers knocking on uh, thousands of doors, um, calling voters throughout the campaign. And, yeah, we were very, very fortunate uh, enough to, to, to get over the line there by about 30-odd votes. And uh, we, did, um, we did the same then in 2018. Uh, and so I think what you're seeing very largely is um, people, uh, I think, recognising the importance of having the Greens, Greens inside Parliament. Uh, you know, holding the government to account, you know, pushing them further and faster on issues like climate change and uh, social justice as well. But again, I think you're seeing as well this shift away from the Liberal Party, particularly in inner city areas. And that's, you know, was the first Greens ever to win a seat off the Liberals. But now we're seeing Greens take them in places like Queensland. We're seeing the Teal movement. So I think that's got a factor as well.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of like all linked together, I guess, the federal politics as well, which we've seen at the start of the year, Hmm. maybe – Follows on through the state elections as well.
3: Um, so my question is about education. Obviously, mm-hmm. you the you know, you hold the portfolio yep. for education. So I read in the age that Victorian schools are the lowest funded public schools in the country with not mm-hmm. even 75% of the standard of funding being met. And we don't even have commitment from governments that's reached 100% of mm-hmm. what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, as the education spokesperson, what can you explain to us the Greens policy on improving the standard of Victorian education?
2: Yeah, well, look, you're absolutely right. So Victorian schools uh, are some of the lowest funded in the country. We're short of about well, a about billion dollars every year Victorian schools are underfunded. And that's when it's compared to what's been recommended by that old Gonski review uh, and what's called the, the school resourcing standard about what they should actually be receiving. Uh, and so what we're really keen to do is, uh, number one, uh, increase uh, the Victorian government's share of school funding Uh, get that up to 75% as soon as possible by the start of the 2023 school year. That's an extra $1.4 billion directly into schools. And then uh, push the federal government to increase their funding as well. So the state-federal school funding agreement expires in 2023. We want to see both state and federal governments work together to make sure Victorian state schools are fully funded. And what that can then support uh, is more teachers, more support staff, better support for disadvantaged students and getting back to actually genuinely free public education. I mean, you really, parents have to stump up about $2,500, if not more, for school costs every single year. What we should be going back to is public education should be genuinely free education.
1: That's great to hear. Um, kind of staying on this uh, school theme, uh, we had Dr Matthew Bark on last week, as you know, and we asked him a question about a law that Matthew Guy hopes to reintroduce, which I believe would allow faith-based schools to preference people of their own faith in matters of employment. And obviously there are worries that this new law could lead to discrimination against their LGBTIQA teachers. So since you hold the LGBTI equality portfolio, can you speak to what the Greens is going to do if elected to strengthen those laws that mm. um protect protect the queer community against discrimination. Yeah, so those
2: laws are really, they've really been a, a passion mine since I was first elected. And in fact, in on day one of this current Parliament, you know, I introduced a bill to protect uh, LGBTI students uh, at faith-based schools from discrimination. And I was really pleased that recently this year, uh, we finally seen legislation pass uh, state parliament that really went a very long way to making sure that uh, all students are protected. Uh, at faith-based schools. I think there's more to be done uh, and there's certain ways you can go about that. I mean, certainly I'd like to get rid of uh, these exemptions in the Equal Opportunity Act, which is which allows for discrimination. Just get rid of them completely. Uh, no school uh, should be able to discriminate on, on the basis of sexuality or gender identity, full stop. Um, but there's also strengthens to the current model that we have. So for, uh, making sure that, for example, a uh, A student that um, changes their gender identity or comes to terms with their sexuality within during the 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 their time at a school, that they can't be then discriminated against. uh, Then because that is just it's just an untenable situation. It's really these are insidious laws um, that shouldn't be allowed to stand. Uh, Students should be safe at every single school that they go to.
1: Mm. So, how would you um, kind of find the right balance between? Having religious freedom and also protecting these communities, you know, the the argument is that we need religious freedom. But where's where's the right balance between that and also, you know, having a safe place to, for people to go to school? For everyone well, well to I certainly school.
2: don't think religious freedom uh, is then licensed to then discriminate against people on the basis of sexuality and gender identity. And I hear that a lot from you know faith organisations themselves. Uh, there are so many. Um, Uh, Gay and lesbian and trans and gender diverse um, Christians and Jewish people and and Muslims and all across the the religious uh, spectrum. And the idea that in order to have religious freedom, you need to then provide freedom to discriminate. No, that's just untenable. And we shouldn't have that here in Victoria or anywhere, quite frankly.
3: Yeah, great. Okay. So moving on to transport a bit now, Um, as we heard last week from um, Dr. Matthew Bark. Labor's promising to hugely expand our public transport network with the Suburban Rail Loop, as we've heard a lot about, which will be a huge use of funds, whereas the Liberals are promising to shelve this project and put the money into revamping the health system and hospitals, etc. But could you explain to our listeners the Greens' stance on this issue?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, we're supportive of the Suburban Rail Loop. Um, it is a big investment, um, but obviously it's going to be a significant, um, a significant change and expansion of the public transport network. Where we're concerned is a couple of areas. Number one, I'm concerned that they're not doing the job right. Already we're seeing uh, stations where the station location just doesn't match up with the existing station and these connections aren't there. Um, We're seeing concerns about um, how the airport would then connect to other parts of the suburban rail loop. You don't want to sort of have this big grand announcement and then have the government running around sort of chipping off bits in here and trying to save money, bits in there. They need to get it right. But the main thing, uh, what we really need and what our public transport system needs overall and to make the suburban rail loop work is making sure that we're running uh, as many services as possible on the existing network, particularly with the suburban rail loop. I mean, you've got waits of 15, 20 minutes, half an hour really on lines now right out to Melbourne suburbs. People aren't going to catch the suburban rail loop if they're having to wait 20 minutes at one, one stop and then 20 minutes to get on another train that's just not going to work. And so to reach its full potential and for the whole network to reach its full potential, uh, you can actually run far more frequent trains during the day, late at night, on weekends, uh, around five to 10 minutes. Uh, And that's separate from building new infrastructure. That's just getting the most out of the infrastructure that we have now.
0: Yeah, and just kind of keeping on transport here... um, in the federal budget, we heard a little bit about proposed cuts to taxes on electric cars, improving electric vehicle charging networks infrastructure. Um, but on top of that, um, the Green, the Victorian Greens in itself have proposed the electric vehicle uptake plan. Can you tell us a little bit mm. about that mm. and what what it kind of entails?
2: Yeah, so our um, electric vehicle rapid uptake plan really identifies that now is the time uh, for rapid, uh, you know, acceleration. pardon the pun uh, of the uptake of electric vehicles, and that's because emissions from carbon emissions from transport. It's Victoria's biggest growing source of carbon emissions. Well, most other sectors are going down, transport's going up, and that's largely due to the petrol car. And so um, significantly reducing the cost of electric vehicles uh, now. Uh, we're still a, a way off between price parity between electric vehicles uh, and petrol cars, uh, as well as rapidly rolling out uh, electric charges and then axing Labor's uh, electric vehicle tax, which is just Having a tax now, a standalone tax now on electric vehicles, when we're actually trying to drive uptake, um, is just the wrong approach. Uh, and so, reducing those upfront costs, uh, as well as you know supporting people to switch to other sustainable forms of transport as well, obviously bike riding and, and public transport as well.
0: So, were you satisfied with the federal budget and how they kind of mentioned, um, like there won't be there'll be cuts to taxes on electric cars, but not necessarily like an abolition of the. Electric car tax?
2: Well, no. I think they need to go a lot further. Where we can go at a federal level, I think they need to offer much more significant subsidies. But they also need to set a really clear end date for the sale of petrol cars and really set that signal to the manufacturers: send your electric vehicles here, not your polluting cars, which they're doing now, uh, and strengthen fuel standards as well. So we have pretty much across the world the most polluting cars um, in the world. Uh, and that's due to our really lax uh, fuel uh, and emission standards on our vehicles. Uh, and so manufacturers are sending their most polluting cars here to Australia. We need to fix those standards, set a high standard, uh, set the end date for petrol cars. And really, that will go the long way uh, to breaking down those barriers for the uptake of electric vehicles, getting more models and more more types of electric vehicles here in Australia.
1: Absolutely. All right. Thank you for coming on the show, Sam. Right,
2: thank you.
0: You've been listening to a Sin Media Podcast, where young people run the show.